and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Please turn your Bible to Revelation chapter 2 verse 1. Today, from a sermon which Pastor Elliot originally presented to his congregation in Pennsylvania, the ancient church of Ephesus was shown how to return to having their first love for Jesus. The same keys are key for us today. If we are at all cold-hearted toward the Lord Jesus, we are called to do four things. Number one, heartwarming. Number two, remembering. Number three, repenting. And number four, repeating. And now with his message for today is Pastor Robert Elliott. If you're here this morning and you're overwhelmed by your sinfulness, be more overwhelmed by God's love for sinners, God's hope for sinners. Reading on, Genesis 3. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim, an angel, and a flaming sword which turned in every direction to guard the tree of life. God sent an armed guard to the tree of life so that Adam and Eve could not go back and eat of it and solidify for eternity their alienation from God. Amazing. But look what's happening in, in Revelation 2. The tree of life is transplanted. I've done some gardening, had a landscaping business before I went into the ministry. It's fun to transplant trees. God transplants the tree of life. He transplants the tree of life from Eden in the Mesopotamia to heaven. He puts the tree of life in heaven. He transplants from Eden to heaven. And is that not a picture of salvation? God transplants you as a son or daughter of Eden's sin into heaven's perfections and paradise because of Jesus. What a trade. It says in the verse that they'll be free to eat. I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The fact that they'll be free to eat of this tree of life in heaven is a picture of enjoying all the fullnesses that are heaven. Some people say, will my dog be in heaven? Will there be jobs to do in heaven? Will there be this or be that in heaven? The scriptures do speak to some of these things. But all I, the bottom line is, everything we'll need will be in heaven, and the one we'll need is Jesus. It's like the doctor who had a patient that was terminally ill and they were in an examination room and the patient who was a believer and the doctor who was a believer, the patient was saying, doctor, what is heaven like? And the doctor went to the scriptures and shared what heaven was like according to the Bible. And the patient said, I wish I knew so much more. I wish I knew more details, doctor. That's good, but I wish I knew more. The doctor says, wait a minute. He went and was gone. He came back, closed the door, and there was a scratching on the outside of the examination door. A dog. The doctor opened the door and let his dog in, a golden retriever. He said to his patient, I'm making an exception. I never let any animals in this examination room to keep it sterile. This is my dog. He's never, ever been in this room. But he heard my voice in here when the door was shut, and he desperately had to get in here and wanted to get in here just because I, as his master, are in the room. Whatever you need in heaven will be there because of Jesus, your master. 
last church I pastored, there was a Roman Catholic friend who visited our church for the very first time. She had been uh, reared in the Roman Catholic faith all of her life. She was very acquainted with everything it meant to be Roman Catholic. And she came and she told me before the service, she was coming to her first Protestant worship service. And uh, I told her how pleased we were to have her visiting and worshiping with us. And at the end of the service, at the back of the sanctuary, I shook her hand. I said, well, how was it? She goes, it was just great. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and that precisely is the risk. That's precisely the risk. That we could listen to a message like this and say that a church in ancient Ephesus had lost their first love, and that's historical, and that's too bad, but we could be tempted to say, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to change. Would you stand with me? We stand, remember, to give a picture to the fact that it's one thing to hear the Word of God preached and taught, but it's another thing to put shoe leather to the truth of Scripture, to have God's Word applied to our hearts, to be changed by the Bible. And really, unless we change, then we've missed the whole point of what we might have learned. I want to focus in on two things for me and for you. The first thing is, we are called to make heart-warming choices. If they had cold hearts, and they did, and if we can have cold hearts, and we can, then we need to make heart-warming choices. Like what? To have right priorities. Maybe to set an alarm on your iPhone that will wake you up at an hour early enough before work that you can spend time in God's word and prayer before you have breakfast? Heartwarming choice. Or as we sang, near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Could we discipline ourselves to keep the scenes of Calvary before us, not just when we come to the communion table, but all the time? We gave an exercise to our small group that met in our home last season to look for every cross they find in a week and take a picture of it if they have a camera. One lady in our group, Barbara Lippincott, made a collage of all the crosses she took pictures of in this area over two weeks, and it was so cool. It was a collage. That's a heartwarming choice to ponder and think about the scenes of the cross daily. Or how about obeying at every point of scripture that you are told something to do. Like the little boy was walking along the seashore and the tide was exceptionally low and the surf had been exceptionally high before the low tide and all these uh, starfish were baking in the sun on the beach. Hundreds, thousands of them. And this little boy was picking up starfish and throwing them in the surf. And someone said, kid, what are you doing? He said, I'm throwing starfish in the surf. surf. Why are you doing that? You'll never be able to get all these starfish. There's thousands of them. He says, you can't help all these starfish. It's impossible. He says, no, but I can help this one. When God shows you in his word something he commands you to do, do that thing. Do that thing. One at a time, a heartwarming choice. Cling to Jesus not as your boyfriend, as your Savior, as your Lord, as your sin bearer, as your atonement, as your king. Moving from life changing response to, of the heartwarming choices, let's go to the second kind of way we can change is the, the response of the three R's. Remember, repent, and repeat. Remember, repent, and repeat. Let me just ask you, I've had thought about this this week, and I've, 
I've got some things the Lord has convicted me of, but let me ask you to ask this. What spiritual discipline that you had six months ago you don't have anymore? What spiritual discipline did you have a year ago that you don't have anymore? What spiritual discipline did you have two years ago that you no longer have? Remember, repent, repeat. Maybe that has to do with evening worship or midweek prayer or quiet time with the Lord or scripture memorization or evangelizing or tithing or serving any ministry or having family Bible times with your kids. Remember, repent, and repeat. Maybe it has to do with helping others in the body of Christ here in the church family, that you have an ear to the track, and when someone needs a practical help, you go out of your way to go and help. Or maybe it's being a practical help to your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus as Savior yet, and they're just hanging on due to illness or due to working two jobs or due to children having troubles at school with behavior or learning. Could we return to helping our neighbors? Have you noticed in Pike County and other counties around Pike County, people cocoon. They have their home entertainment system so they don't go to movies, basically. They order in pizza so they don't have to eat at a restaurant. People tend to cocoon. Maybe we could love them and show them that we care about them. That would be great. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great church family. We praise you for this word that is so relevant to us today. If our hearts at all have gone gone cold, Lord Jesus, we say we're sorry and we repent. We want to return to all the ways we showed you to be our first love. Bless this local church that we would be a lampstand winning the lost and building up the saved into the full image of Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Hi, good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas Rogers, and you are listening to Youth Talk. And today uh, we want to talk about an event that is happening at Calvary Bible Church in a week's time, July 3rd to the 7th, is one of our most fun-filled weeks of the year, especially for kids from grade kindergarten to grade six. And that is our vacation Bible school. And if you've ever heard about the history, um, as Calvary has had vacation Bible school for many years, as even as I am talking to you now, I can remember when I was a little boy, I attended vacation Bible school at Calvary Bible Church. And we have seen so much uh, fruit that has come through the different ministry of vacation Bible school through the many years. This morning, we want to talk about our Vacation Bible School, but we want to remind you that July 3rd to July 7th is Vacation Bible School from 9 to 1, and the cost is $20, and that includes lunch for your kids. And this year's theme is Maker Fun Factory, created by God and built for a purpose. There are many people in today's society that will talk to you and, and say negative things about you, but we need to understand that God has created each one of us in his own image, and he has built each one for his, a purpose. And Ephesians 2.10 tells us this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Again, those verses are telling that we are his workmanship. God is working in our lives daily as a believer that none of us have together, but he has prepared us to do, have good works. The result is good works. Not that good works is what gets us to God, but we already have a general relationship with God, and we are trying to do good works to bring honor and glory to Him. 
and we're going to have five different days, and each day is going to have a different point for us to understand, and we're going to go through different Bible stories. And the first day is God made you. Again, like I said, there, there, even in our culture today, there are many people who will tell you that a baby is not a life until it's born. But we will see in a story that as, as we look at Psalm 139 that day that on conception, you are a living thing. And people will tell you that that's not true, but the Bible is very clear that God knew us in the wombs of our mothers. So we're not a mistake. We're not a life until we're born. We are a life at conception, and we need to understand it. The second day is going to talk about God is for you. And we've all heard it. If God is for us, who could be against us? We need to recognize that if God is on our side, there are people who are going to come up against us. But the reality is, is that we can fight them because we have a relationship with God and we can know that we are doing what we can. And does that mean that everything is going to go the way we plan it? No. In fact, before I came on the air, just talking to someone about the life of Joseph, when we sit and think of the life of Joseph, we see the many examples. But at the end, we see that what people meant for no good, he understood that God meant it for his good. And we need to recognize that in our own lives, each one of us, that God as a believer, he is for us, but we can to bring honor and glory for him. The third day is God is always with you. Again, this truth is something that we need to be reminded of as God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. We cannot run from God. We cannot do something that's going to get him so upset that he leaves us as we think of other relationships in our own lives where we may hurt someone or do something. But God is always with us. He is sovereign. He is in control. He is omnipresent. We can never run away from God wherever we go. He is there. And we could think of this example of that is Jonah, where he thought he could run away from God, but God saw him and God punished him for what he was doing, being disobedient to him. So we need to understand that whole purpose of what God is saying, that he is always with us in the good times and the bad times. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. Let's bring it to day four. God will always love you. What a truth that we need to be reminded of in our society today, that God loves us no matter what. Does that mean that we go out and sin and purpose? By no means we don't. But we need to understand that God loves us. He sent his son to die for us so that we can have a relationship with him, and he forgives us of our sins. And the story that we're going to look at that day is, is a truth that, that I think for all of us, as we think of the central message of the cross is what we're going to look at because the central message of the cross is that Christ died. His blood paid the price for our sins. But the reality is we, if we just stop there, we miss the whole point of what God was trying to do on Easter. We need to understand that God came back to life. Jesus himself came back to life. And that is why we have this hope because we worship a risen king. There are many other religions that cannot claim that because they are worshiping a dead person. But we as believers, as Christians, we worship a risen king. And the last day is that God made you for a reason. What a, what a truth to, to think about. That God made each one of us for a reason. Each one of us has a purpose in this life. Your purpose is not the same purpose that God made me for. And my purpose for your life is not the same as well. And we need to understand as we think of the church, the body of Christ, God made each of us for a reason to bring honor and glory to him. And like I said, this is just an outline of what we're going to be looking at this week in Vacation Bible School. 
But I would like to tell you about the other events that happen at Vacation Bob. So we have an imagination station where we use different science experiments to bring God's truth and to bring the drive the point, the Bible point home every day. It's not a craft. It's not a coloring paper, but a real, a tangible thing, a toy sometimes that they can take home and play with and continue to play with. In fact, one year, even as we think of our, um, in, in our country, as we think of how hot it is, we made snow because the theme was Mount Everest. I don't think we're making snow this year because we're talking about being a fun factory. But we need to understand, like I said, this is not just a coloring paper, but this is a, a fun thing that every year we've had this. Uh, kids are just always love this part because they get to learn the truth in a more practical way. We also have game time, which is also a great time for them to have fun, to burn some energy off. And, um, you know, the kids just love the different games. But I think the most loving thing that the kids love the most every, every year is the singing. Of course, we know that music is the universal language to almost anything. And as we think of the songs, and, and, and these are great, upbeat, Christ-centered songs. They are so good. And the kids, I'm sure if anyone's ever been to Vacation Bible School and we have sent a, a CD home with, with your kids, sometimes you probably think to yourself, why they do this? Because your kids want to put in the car and listen to it for the whole year. But these are songs that bring truth to them and that they understand they can sing over and over. I tell you all that to tell you this. Again, that VBS is July 3rd to the 7th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you need any more information on registration, you can feel free to call the church here. Actually, the number is 326-0800. Or you can stop by the church office at any time to sign your kid up for Vacation Bible School. Again, the ages are from kindergarten to grade six. And I want to just thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you and your kid to Vacation Bible School. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Good morning. I'm glad to be in the studio this morning with Dr. Marlene Heiler, who is the co-founder of the New Providence Classical School in Nassau and a professional Christian counselor. Good morning, Marlene. Good morning, Pastor, and good morning, Bahamas. This morning, let's talk a bit about honoring persons mm -hmm. and blessing persons. You have uh, a calling on your life. I think we all do, but you've recognized the calling of God on your life to do just that, to honor and to bless people. And my wife and I have been honored and blessed by you and our children. So thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have a passion to honor and bless people? And if you do, where did it come from? <laughs> I would say I have an, a passion to honor and bless people because the Word of God says esteem others as higher than yourself. Mm. It comes from Scripture. But I had role models. I came from a home of honor and blessing. came from a home. My parents sang, not on stage, but a very happy Christian home. And my dad, I was thinking, he died a few years ago, but I've never heard my parents raised their voice at one another. So my parents honored and esteemed one another. And in our family, you know, people run for the front seat. In our family, somehow they trained us to run for the back seat and to let the others sit in the front. Interesting. And my grandparents, my granddad died when I was really young, but he honored my grandmother. And she taught me, she would say, I love the dirt you walk on. Yeah. So I grew up in a setting feeling very loved and very honored and celebrated. And it wasn't until I went to Nassau Christian Academy I realized it was a verse about 
esteeming others and doing something is unto the Lord. Because in our family, you just did it. Mm, and then beautiful. in the I pray for Christian friends. Mm-hmm. But even before that, I I don't know if Christian colleges still do this, but a family adopted us. Nice. And the family that adopted me honored me and esteemed me. And Alan and Grace did it for one another also. And the girl who discipled me spiritually esteemed me and taught me how to do it. So I just I just have no excuse. It's been all around me. <laughs> well, yes, it has. Just uh, what you've reviewed as you look back. Um, what are some of the ways that you have been led by God to honor and bless other people? One of the th- ways I've done it is ministering to ministers' wives. Mm-hmm. For me, especially in the past as a missionary and now founding a Christian school <laughs> and not having an income per se, you have to save up for, for the money. But <laughs> getting a group of ministers' wives together, ministers and missionaries' wives, cause, uh, and having a luncheon one time, and it was so funny. And I think on the invitation, I told them it would go from 10 until 1. Yes. And those, minister, those women put their feet up. I had to call the office and say, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to come in today. But as it got closer to 3, they were calling their husbands to go pick up kids from school. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they just were, it just felt so good for them to be celebrated. Uh, so other than pastor's wives and minister's wives, having a meal for strangers, mm-hmm. this was a Christian group who were coming to town. Well, they had come to town more than once, and the Lord just put it on my heart to have a meal for them. Mm-hmm. So I had asked the director of the group, I had to find out where, where, you know, where was their headquarters, called the director and asked the director if the next time they came to town if I could host them. Nice. And so having a meal for a team of people who are normally on the road, having private parties. Now, this is interesting. This is if a girl is engaged, one of the women I've discipled, or someone else has discipled her, but a woman is engaged. I would have either the couple over or just the woman over, however the Lord leads. But so they think they're coming to dinner I don't know if they're expecting other people to be there, but the table is set as, is, as if it was a banquet for, for a group of people, but it's just the one person or the two people. And the gift is there, and for the future bride, there's a bridal bouquet and a miniature wedding cake, and people just honoring people. So, and so it's, I call it a private party. That's nice. Um, one time, the Lord lead, led me to have a love feast. So I studied scripture and um, would have to be church history because I don't know if the Bible talks so much about love feasts, but he laid this on my heart. And and so I'd study uh, church history and learn how they did feasts in scripture. And for some reason, the Lord led it on my heart because these were people who served other people. Mm. These were students who were on a short-term mission missions group. And we washed each other's feet. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to prepare for it to tell people, come in sandals. Yes. But um, washing someone's feet is kind of humbling yes. for them, but it's honoring. Yes. Love notes. Um, church staff. I haven't gotten to do this lately for our church staff, but celebrating the church staff say for Valentine or whatever the holiday is, writing notes and bringing little gifts for the church staff. 
One time, a friend of our, a friend taught me how to do this, Dale, the person who celebrated me. We, for a friend of ours who was traveling a lot, he was going to be on the road. We got, and you didn't, don't know this exists until you need them, but if you go in a health food store, they're empty vitamin capsules. Really? Yes, they exist. <laughs> and we wrote miniature little notes. No And way. Bible verses and notes <laughs> of encouragement. And you can do this for 30 days or two months or whatever supply. And we made pills and we rolled it up with a toothpick and wow. put it inside the vitamin capsule. So mm. every day, this friend of ours, he had, he could pop a pill and, and get a word of encouragement. Wow. So those are just some simple oh, things. So creative. <laughs> those must have been big pills. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the size of a capsule. Wow, that's amazing. What kind of changes have you seen in the persons that you've blessed and honored? Their muscles relax. They'd walk in the room, or when they're with you, you can feel. Now, you don't realize people go around with this tension, but you can, you can see them relaxing more, and their face muscles softening, and they get more calm. Mm. And sometimes their tone even changes but they become more gentle. Our family was involved in a Christmas ministry event the other day, and I noticed it was a tea party. And in the process of preparing for the tea party, I noticed my brothers being more gracious, not mm -hmm. only to me, mm -hmm. but to others. So mm -hmm. I see them becoming more gracious to other people. Neat. Uh, have you seen anybody cry? Yeah. With joy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yes. touched them I've so seen much. people cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as you're listening this morning, uh, precious listener, maybe God is tapping you on the heart and saying, you know, that child needs to be honored, mm -hmm. or that um, teenager, or that adult where you work or where you worship or where you transact business needs to be honored. Or maybe the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the heart and saying that that aged, elderly person needs to be blessed and honored. I hope that you will do something about it, um, that you will ask the Lord to show you what best to do to honor that particular person and to bless that particular person. And I guess the encouraging thing is that whatever you do will be better than doing nothing and that that will make a difference. So may we be believers who honor and bless others, and as Dr. Heiler has pointed out from Philippians, that we would esteem others more highly than ourselves, that we would not merely look out for our own personal interests, but we would esteem others more highly than ourselves. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Marlene, for sharing on this particular topic. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684 Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, 
everyone needs a savior.